Welcome to the official podcast of the Hoffeld Group. Your host is the CEO and Chief Sales Trainer of the Hoffeld Group, David Hoffeld. Welcome to the Science of Selling Podcast, the place where you get actionable sales insights that are backed by hard science. And I'm your host, David Hoffeld, and I'm joined by Carl Polson. And Carl, today, kind of our get to know you question we do at the beginning of these podcasts. This one's a little different. It's what is your favorite music? What musician, what type of music, what resonates most with you? This may be a a surprise to some of our listeners, but I am a huge Sinatra fan. Uh, Anything Frank Sinatra always have been ever since I was 10, 11 years old. So anything by Frank Sinatra, I love. My favorite albums by by Frank are Come Fly With Me and Close To You, I think are two of his best albums. So anything Frank Sinatra, Mm. I will listen to all day. What about yourself? Sinatra is great. That's a great uh, choice. You know, one for me that really resonates um, a lot is probably because of something that happened a couple of years back. So um, I liked a lot of different kinds of music growing up. But one um, artist that I like was a a gentleman named Michael W. Smith when I was like a teenager. And uh, I don't know if he was my favorite back then, but I liked it and listened to his albums. And a couple of years ago, he came to the Twin Cities, uh, Minnesota, and was at uh, one of our stadiums. And I was able to go and take my son. And I believe he was about 10 years old at the time. And we sat in the front row and it was just probably one of the greatest uh, experiences um, I had that entire year. I mean, just having my son there and sharing in that, you know, the stuff I liked when I was a kid now, sharing it with him. We were right in the front row. So it was this really, really cool experience that I when I think of now, I still just have these amazing memories uh, of that time together. So it was the music, but also, I guess, just sharing it with my son. It kind of, I don't know, it was a weird, really interesting experience for me to like something when you're young and then fast forward many years later, where now you're experiencing it with your with your son. It was a lot of fun. That, you know, I, I think that makes sense. I mean, music, music just brings so many different things together. People, yeah. relationships, uh, yeah. I can see that being really powerful. Even more powerful is the why that we're going to cover today. And that's <laughs> why, why number six. I and, love that segue, by the way. That was awesome. <laughs> very smooth on my end, right? Uh, why spend the money? And this is a very, very, very important why, um, you know, and this wraps up the, the, six wise, uh, and this will be a two part, uh, uh, series. So, uh, we'll focus, uh, this episode and the next on this why, and, and to give our, our listeners a quick overview, could you give us the landscape of what, why number six, why spend the money is all about? Absolutely. Yeah. Why spend the money it's an important why, and it addresses really why your potential clients should invest in your product or service. Because the reality is, in our modern selling climate, you often need to show your buyers why purchasing from you is in their best interest, as opposed to using that same money on something else. So there's usually a limited amount of funds 
and they can buy a lot of things with it. So imagine that whatever product or service that you are selling, you have a potential client who says, I want it, but we also need something else entirely unrelated, uh, a new software or some new machines for my factory or whatever it may be, right? And so now you're competing with something totally unrelated to your product. And that's really what why spend the money addresses is why is it in their best interest to invest this money with you versus in something they need, but totally unrelated to you. So this again, expands what we've talked about in previous podcasts. Well, what is a competitor? It's anything or anyone that can take business away from you. And there is a lot of them. So really to earn the sale, you need to address this why. You need to help them understand why investing with you is better than the other options. And when you do that, you're going to look at two areas. One we're going to talk about in this episode, one in the very next episode, and they are focusing on the positive outcomes your potential client will experience. And then next episode, we're going to talk about loss aversion helping your clients understand what they stand to lose if they don't move forward with you. So David, I know that something that's really important with this why is the ability to convey positive outcomes. And can you give our listeners a, a brief overview of what that means and some ways to think about conveying positive outcomes so it really resonates with our buyer? Yeah, let me share with you a study that's really interesting and very relevant for this. This will be a study I'm featuring in my upcoming book that comes out um, in early 2022. So mark your calendars. Uh, but it's a really interesting study that, that delves into this because we all know that positive outcomes that buyers hope to attain from our product or service are a major driver of every buying decision. So it's not if they matter. The question is, how do we present them in ways that resonate with the buyer? right? You can always go back to the old feature benefit statements of the 1960s and 70s and 80s. And a lot of salespeople still use that approach and they present information, but it doesn't resonate. Buyer doesn't, doesn't care. Let me give you an example of a study that kind of illuminates this really well. Uh, researchers, two behavioral scientists, analyzed the most productive way to present to healthcare workers the benefits of washing their hands prior to caring for patients. And this is a big deal because uh, the data on this is a little bit alarming because physicians wash their hands less than half as much as recommended. And this puts both doctors and patients at risk for spreading and contracting diseases. And attempts to improve hand hygiene really have gone, become very unsuccessful. They really haven't moved the needle at all. So these rich researchers wanted to test why that is and what can be done about it. So here's what they did. They wanted to frame the request to present uh, to, to healthcare workers of why they should wash their hands in different ways to see what resonated the most. So in one hospital they went to, they made two signs and they would put one of these two signs above each soap or hand sanitation uh, gel dispensers. And so healthcare workers would either see sign number one, which said hand hygiene protects you from catching disease, or sign number two, hand hygiene protects patients from catching disease. So one word difference, focus on you 
earns the focus on patients. And the impact is when they looked at the results, what did these signs produce? And this message produced positive outcomes of hand washing. They found that sign one that focused on protecting healthcare workers from catching disease made no impact at all on whether or not they washed their hands or used wow. uh, hand sanitation gel more or less. Didn't impact it at all. Zero effect. However, sign two that focused on protecting patients from catching disease increased use by 45%. Researchers go, well, that's a huge deal. I mean, that's a big, big breakthrough just in the way you present it. Now, why is that, first of all? Because people often want to know. The reason is uh, researchers found there's a common overconfidence among healthcare workers. They overestimate their the likelihood they'll catch a disease. And often, even if they get sick or something does happen, there's not a really a clear causal effect between hand washing and whatever is happening to them. But what they found also was healthcare workers, the majority of them have a strong belief that they are very concerned with the well-being of patients. That's often why they got into the healthcare space in the first place. And they are highly motivated to do everything they can do to help patients have uh, good and positive outcomes. And that's why they found sign number two that didn't focus on them but focus on the patients had a much bigger impact. So what this study reveals is oftentimes what we would assume would have the most impact on others or the positive outcome they care about the most isn't necessarily what motivates them to act. Rather, the message, the more a message is aligned with what actually matters to your potential clients, the more persuasive it'll be. And as we saw with those healthcare workers, caring more about their patient's health than caring about their own. And that motivated them to act. And that's something that the science revealed and the implications of that are huge. But we can also learn from that as well so that we can present in ways that really resonate with our buyers. And we can talk about exactly how you do that because it's a very, very important thing. When we talk about positive outcomes, how you present those positive outcomes and which ones you present matter a great deal. And within that, where do salespeople often get this wrong? Yeah, that's an important question as well. And unfortunately, they do. Here's what the data shows. One study revealed that 77%, so 77% of buyers that were surveyed believe the salespeople they work with do not understand their problem and therefore are unable to present solutions that they're looking for. In other words, now hang with me on this because the way the benefits of a per of the solution were presented to buyers so badly missed the mark that these buyers decided that those salespeople's companies, products, and services do not offer any meaningful value to them. So what is it that's causing this lack of awareness? Because when I talk to salespeople, they go, well, David, I'm, I'm presenting all these things. I'm presenting the benefits. I don't know why they don't see it, but I'm presenting it. And there's this disconnect and it's caused by a lack of awareness. So many salespeople do not obtain an adequate understanding of what truly matters to their unique buyers. They assume too much and know too little. And because of this, they're unable to present the positive outcomes they can deliver in a way that resonates with what buyers care about. So 
how what can we do to make sure this doesn't happen to us? First of all, here's some things you want to understand about your buyers, the specific problems they have and or they want to avoid and how your product or service will address those problems. Also, going even deeper though, what is the cost of those problems in time, in money, in limiting growth, in stealing resources, in hindering employee morale, or even in market share, right? How are those problems? So answer that so what question. So you have a problem. So what, right? We all have problems. Every business has problems. Why should I invest time and money with you into solving them? Also, you want to understand and really help your potential client understand if these problems were solved, what the solution would look like, and how would that positively impact them, right? So once you know this, it can be a game changer. Let me give you a a real uh, example. I have a client right now whose products are priced higher than their main competitors, but they still outsell those competitors. Here's what they do. They focus a lot on this, the way they present their positive outcomes. So the company salespeople will ask questions that draw out the problems their potential clients have and the pain those problems are solving and the results their clients are looking to achieve. Then they convey how their product will solve those problems. And in doing so, create the specific positive outcomes that are important to that unique potential client. So for example, if they identify that a buyer's problems are excessive, uh, time-consuming product maintenance or expensive product failures, they will focus on describing the high quality and durability of their products and explaining their lifetime warranty, which guarantees buyers won't be burdened with these unplanned expense of product failures. Right? And they'll also talk about how their products require low maintenance. That's really simple and easy to perform. And so because they're specific, because they're really honed in on the positive outcomes, they're not just generically throwing out all kind of positive outcomes and doing what we call a feature dump, which is just dumping a lot of features and benefits on buyers, hoping something sticks. Because they're specific, right? Now it resonates with clients because Clients don't care about your product or service. What do they care about? How it can help them in meaningful ways. And if it can, now they care. If it can't, they don't care at all. So really showing them how your product or service delivers positive outcomes that matter specifically to them. And this will often vary from client to client, problem to problem. Even two clients with the exact same problem might have radically different perspectives. And one thing matters to one client. Another thing matters much more to the other client. So really doing an in-depth discovery, something we've talked about in a previous podcast episode, understanding them and hyper-customizing your presentation of the positive outcomes you deliver make, can make a huge impact on whether or not it resonates and is persuasive. So presenting positive outcomes isn't enough presenting positive outcomes that you know will resonate with that unique client is what great salespeople do. And what I'm really excited about to, to, to do next, David, is we're actually going to go through a, a live uh, uh, off-the-cuff um, thought exercise uh, for our listeners to use uh, uh, on their own, but we thought we would demonstrate it live, uh, me being the, the individual going through the uh, exercise and obviously yourself being the individual leading it. And this is something that that 
uh, listeners after hearing this can, can do on their own. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to do this. And just so everyone knows, again, there has been uh, really no preparation on this exercise. I'm coming at it uh, new. So this is going to be uh, some great insight into how impactful this exercise can be within Y number six. All right. So let's dive in. And for those listening, you can kind of listen along and uh, also play along as well, because this can really be a helpful exercise. So let's talk about how we can customize uh, how we frame positive outcomes so it really resonates with buyers. So, Carl, the first thing I'd like you to do is think about maybe a particular client you've worked with in the past and what are some of the significant problems that they had that your product or service would solve for them? What comes to mind? Yeah, one one that comes to mind is being able to increase developer productivity within software. Uh, software engineers really are, are so valuable to any organization. And with MongoDB, uh, the ability to, to help increase their productivity by by using a, a document model that's really, really honed in on how they naturally think about coding really helps solve that problem of being able to be a productive software engineer and create modern applications as quickly as possible and as intuitively as possible. Okay. So those are the problems we want to we want to increase development mm-hmm. productivity. All right. So what questions and our listeners can also play along with whatever problems. Uh, think of the client, the problems they solve. So, Carl, think of uh, let's a question. We'll just go with one that you can use to identify if a buyer has those problems. And then maybe a second question to help really dig into that. So what is that problem if they have a, a lack of productivity with their developers? What is that costing them in time, money, uh, growth, resources, morale of the developers? Uh, or even market share. So give me two questions, one that identifies that they have the problem, and then another, go one layer deeper, that second level, and then let's get into who cares? They have the problem, so what? how is it negatively impacting them? Yeah, so I think a question uh, that that you could use off off the get-go would be when an application or project is delayed, not released on time, why is that? What are the reasons? Okay. Uh, Love that. And then let's say they go, well, uh, and, and they kind of share an answer about the developer's productivity. How could you go deeper now and to get into what is that costing them in either time, money, growth, resources, morale, or market share? Yeah, so great, great, uh, great question on here. And I, I think a question that, that you could ask around that is along the lines of, Asking what percentage of your developer's time in a given week is spent creating new features and innovating versus versus having to manage and kind of keep up with uh, trying to be productive. And from there, I think the other question you could ask is, um, you know, how many, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, let's say a. Uh, uh, project is delayed two weeks. When a project is delayed, um, what 
what kind of impact does that have financially on the business? And we'll take, you know, the example of maybe the last project that they had that was delayed. Yeah. Love that second question. I think that that's the winner of the two for sure. And this exercise is great too, because as you, you start thinking through and jotting it down, now you're on that, that thought pattern that's really going to get you successful, right? And really help you present these well. And you can kind of jot some ideas down and craft them as well. So they sound perfect as well. But the last part of the exercise is this, Carl. So thinking about that, that client and that scenario, what is one positive outcome? How could you frame it so it resonates with them based on what you've kind of uncovered in those questions? What would be a way you could frame what you offer so it real succinctly really resonates with them? And really, they have this aha moment of, wow, okay, that's a positive outcome that would actually help us in a meaningful way. Yeah. So I think if we're going off of that, uh, um, you know, latter second question, you could ask, I think something along the lines of if you, if your next application was released a month ahead of schedule, two weeks Mm. ahead of schedule, ahead of schedule, what kind of impact would that have on your business? Yeah. And then how could you present what you offer to really show them, let's say they said it would have huge impact. Let's say, well, fast forward now, you're later on in the product presentation. How could you connect the dots for them with that problem and that outcome they want with how do you clearly convey how you can deliver that? What would that look like real succinctly? Yeah. So I think that would look like, uh, you know, saying with, with our solution, you, you have the ability to not only not have to worry about being delayed, but now take advantage of being able to release new features ahead of schedule. And then not only uh, uh, think about jumping into that next project as quickly as you can, but it really is giving your developers the ability um, to maximize their skills and why you hired them and make sure that when your developers are working on new features, new applications, that that time is spent as productively as possible. Think about all the new applications and features you could create and think about being able to create potentially, who knows, twice as many as you did in the last year with systems that cause delay and decrease developer productivity. Is that along the lines of... of, of yeah, you're getting there. That's good. I mean, and the nice thing is, I mean, this is off the cuff, uh, literally. So this is the first time you've gone through this, mm-hmm. but that was excellent. And we can refine that over time, but see the pattern we're on for all of our listeners as well, right? So we're going through this. We're thinking about what is the problem? Okay, now how would I how would I ask questions to see if they have that problem and answer that? So what? Uh, and th- then as I do that now, how do I take that and really leverage what I've learned when I present my product or service to clearly connect the dots for them so they see high levels of value? So I would encourage all of our listeners think through and go through that exercise, right? And and kind of struggle with each of those things because when you can understand them, you're going to execute on those well, I promise you what that translates is when you are in a sales presentation or a sales call and you present your product or service and you can connect the dots like that, now it's going to resonate when you present those positive outcomes instead of going, oh, that's nice. They'll be like, wow, that would really help us, right? Because you're presenting it very customized, you know, so earlier you had mentioned that uh, developer productivity was a concern, how this was costing the business money and you're sharing some of the specifics. One of the things that we address and you go into that, right? So they go, wow, 
Do you think that will even follow up with a great question, a second level assessment? Uh, do you think, based on what you know about our solution, do you think that would really boost your developer's productivity? Oh, absolutely. Now, see how that resonates, right? Now we're really connecting the value our product or service gives with what matters to those clients. And so it's exciting when you can do this well, instead of this generic feature benefit statement that should have been retired in the 1970s and 80s and still around, we can get into really specific uh, talking about the positive outcomes that our product or service will, will give to our buyers. And when you do that, they're always engaged because now your product or service isn't about you. It's about them. And the more you can make it about them, the more engaged they will become. So great job on that exercise, Carl. That's a tough one, but you did exceptionally well. And now I'm all riled up. You got me all excited. <laughs> um, this is powerful stuff, but I would encourage our listeners, go through that exercise, spend some time with each of those. Carl did a great job just going through it really quickly. But take some time and think through what is the problem that you solve? Think of a specific client. How would you ask about that problem? And then get to that so what question. And then how would you now frame the positive outcome that specifically addresses it? So they clearly see high levels of value. And it's they go, wow, okay, that would really, really make an impact for us. And I want you to make it so simple, the presentation of the positive outcome that a third grader could understand, right? If it's complex for them to see value, um, the chances are they won't. Right. So you want to make it cognitively easy. That's also what the research shows. Right. Make it simple, like those signs for those healthcare workers were. Right. They're just a few words where they can radically improve the action people take when you present the benefits of what you offer. And and what we'll make sure to do, too, is, again, uh, because this was off the cuff in the description of this episode. Uh, we will have a brief overview of how to conduct this exercise on your own. But while I was going through it, everything David just mentioned about what it really gets you thinking and you know putting you really in the shoes of your client, it does just that. And that's the challenge and why it's so beneficial is now all of a sudden I'm thinking about you know really being able to put yourself in the shoes of the uh, buyer and, and, and the value that you're truly able to deliver. It's really really powerful. Um, so we will make sure to include a brief overview of how you can go through the exercise yourself uh, in the description of this episode. So David, until next time, have a great rest of your week and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Carl. 